Welcome to the Christian Business Concepts with your host, Harold Milby. Christian Business Concepts is dedicated to guiding companies and business owners in becoming effective, efficient, and successful through God's Word and godly principles. Now, here's your host, Harold Milby. Hey, thanks for that introduction, Kelly. I appreciate that. Uh, Welcome, everybody, to this week's Christian Business Concepts podcast. I'm very excited that you've downloaded today's episode, and I'm really glad that you've joined me today. And I also want to give a quick shout out to the many of you who are in Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne is one of the cities that has the most downloads over the last 12 months. So thank you, Melbourne. Uh, We appreciate you being a part of the CBC family. I'd like to ask all of you uh, that are listening to today's podcast to maybe recommend the podcast to at least two people this week and help us reach more people with godly principles for leadership and business. So let's jump right into today's topic. You know, in today's world, especially in business and leadership, uh, the concept of uh, humility is very often overlooked. Um, However, we are called uh, as believers to live a life of humility, and this includes in our business and our organization uh, practices. Uh, Today, we're going to discuss what godly business leadership humility is, why it's important, and how we can practice it in in our daily lives uh, you know, being a sports fan, I like to study and listen to great coaches. And uh, uh, in Kentucky, uh, we have a great Hall of Fame basketball coach that used to, to coach at the University of Kentucky and the University of, of Louisville in Louisville, Kentucky, and a great coach. And uh, he stated one time that humility is the key to success. Successful people lose their way at times. They often embrace and overindulge from the fruits of their successes. Humility halts this arrogance and self-indulging trap. Humble people share the credit and the wealth, and they remain focused and hungry to continue the journey of success. I just love that quote by Rick Bettino because it really helps us to understand why humility is so important to our success. Uh, So first, let me say that I appreciate those folks who know how to keep their ego in check. Uh, They know that they are not always the smartest person in the room. They allow other people to be recognized, and they allow others to take the spotlight. Now, that being said, before we can understand what biblically applied principles of humility are, we kind of need to know and understand what false humility, what false humility is. Uh, Dick Van Dyke, many of you may have heard of. He had his own show. He was a great comedian, still alive today. He's in, uh, in his early 90s. But Dick Van Dyke said one time, just knowing that you don't have all the answers is a recipe for humility and openness, acceptance, forgiveness, and an eagerness to learn. And all those are good things. Thanks, Dick Van Dyke. What a great quote. That's awesome. Um, But I also like to quote my favorite uh, 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 verse in the Bible about humility, but it says in Romans 12 and 16, it says, Be of the same mind 
one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate, and be not wise in your own conceits. So again, the Word of God is where we get our principles at CBC, and it says here, it, it says not to think of ourselves too, much, you know, too highly than we ought to think. It, you know, we we are to mind not high things, but condescend. In other words, don't don't look at yourself bigger than what you really are. You know, uh, false humility. If you kind of want to know maybe what some some of the forms of of false humility is, a lot of times when when, when somebody is fishing. Uh, for compliments, uh, they're 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 kind of fishing for compliments. They're not asking for compliments, but they say things that kind of they feel like they're trying to be humble. They're trying to show humility, but in reality, they're 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 trying to to fish for for you know compliments from people. Uh, sometimes people will deflect uh, praise. Uh, in other words, oh no, 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 don't say that. I'm not, I'm not that good, or I didn't do that well, or whatever. And somebody's trying to to give them a compliment. That's false humility. Uh, some people will uh, do what I call humble bragging. So they're trying to be humble, but they're bragging about it. Uh, so that's a false humility. Uh, sometimes uh, people will portray themselves as like maybe being helpless or, or they don't, you know, they're not knowledgeable uh, or they don't have any power or authority. Uh, but in reality, the people who are listening to them recognize and realize that those things are not correct. So it's just kind of a false uh, humility. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to be a little blunt here. Uh, and just kind of tell you what humility is not. Because I think, especially in the Christian realm, you know, we've got this idea that we think we know what humility is. And I'm just going to be blunt. First of all, humility is not turning the other cheek. And I know that this scripture that talks about turning the other cheek has been used, but it's being misinterpreted. That's not what they're talking about. Uh, turning the other cheek is not what you have to do to be humble. It's not what you have to do to portray humility. Uh, it's not allowing others to walk all over you. To be to be humble, you don't have to let people walk on you to portray humility. That's not what that's about. Uh, or take it, other people taking advantage of you. Uh, if you think that you have to let people take advantage of you to show humility, or to have people walk on you to be should, to show humility. Uh, that's not correct. That is not what humility is. That's not what it's about. Uh, it doesn't mean that you can't take up for yourself. It doesn't mean that you can't promote yourself. You know, there's a lot of people say, well, I don't, I don't really promote myself because, you know, I don't think that's being humble. Well, that's not true. If you have facts to back up what you're promoting, that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not the opposite of humility, just because you promote yourself. Uh, it's, it's, doesn't mean that you can't, uh, have confidence in yourself and in your accomplishments. I think you can do that and still live a life with humility, uh, because those are factual things. Those are factual things. I don't think you, you, you know, you brag about things that didn't happen or that you talk to people. If somebody asks you something, you know, uh, if, if somebody asks me, well, you know, how many countries does your podcast go into? Well, I, I mean, I can say, oh, it goes into 120. Well, that wouldn't be true. 
But if, if somebody asked me that and I said, well, we're, we're right now we're in 25 different countries. Well, I'm just stating the fact. That doesn't mean I'm bragging about it. You asked me the question. I'm just saying. So I think you have to understand what humility isn't in order to understand uh, what it is. And, and when people have this false humility, it's really rooted in pride. It's just rooted in pride. That's, that's where it comes from. And, and pride will damage your relationship with other people. Uh, more importantly, it'll damage your relationship with God. It will absolutely, pride will get in the way, and it will damage your relationship with the Lord. Uh, it'll stop the blessings of God from flowing in our lives. Uh, it, it, what, what happens with this pride, this false humil- uh, humility, it actually, what we're doing is we're trying to glorify ourselves. So instead of giving God the glory, we're trying to put glory on ourselves. So we're robbing that glory that we should be giving to God. And uh, it also will give you a sense of security, but yet you're not really being given real security in your life. So the reason that we need biblical and godly humility is because it helps us to build better relationships with other people. Uh, it helps us to make better decisions when that pride is not in the way. When, you, when you've got that false humility and you've got that pride in your life, you're going to make decisions based upon the pride. You're trying to feed it and keep it alive. And so a lot of times you're not going to make very good decisions. Um, you know, you don't want to make those decisions that are based on your egos or on your, on your self-interest. You, you want to make those decisions, um, in, in a way that it has nothing to do with those things, right? It makes you uh, relatable when you have godly biblical humility, it makes you relatable. People can relate to you, uh, because you're not trying to build yourself up so high that people can't reach you. If I can say it that way, Right. Uh, it'll also help you gain influence. You know, it'll help you gain influence. I know in the company that I work for, I, was, I had a discussion with our with the owner of the business, the CEO, and uh, he was just talking about the type of people that he hires. And he said he he doesn't like to hire people that have this pride or this false sense of humility. He said I look for people who are truly humble people. And so a lot of a lot of business owners, a lot of people in the in, that are professionals look for that. And so when you have that, it helps you to gain influence. Um, Cheryl uh, Bachelorier is she's a great example of a modern leader who believes in humility. She took on the role of CEO of Popeyes, Popeyes Chicken, uh, in uh, two thousand and seven. The company had really declined. The sales were way off. And so she took over in 2007. And uh, when she came on board, she told people, she said, my style of leadership, I'm a servant leader. She focused on the needs of the employees. She focused on the needs of the customers. And within a very short period of time, she increased the sales by 25%. And better yet, she increased their profits by 40%. And the difference was because she truly came into into this position and uh, had this life that she had of humility. Uh, so what's what's a good definition of uh, godly humility? Uh, well, keep in mind that there are two different types of humility. 
uh, one for your personal life and one for business life, but really they're the same thing. You're choosing, if you're choosing to live for the Lord, it's the same principle of humility for both your personal life and your godly life. Don't try to separate them. Uh, if you're going to live a life of humility, it's going to permeate every part of your life, which means your professional life, your personal life, every area. Uh, it is truly, w- w- when you think about humility, it is truly seeing your own worth and value as God sees your worth and value. It's not what you say you're worth. It's not what you think about your value. What does God say about you? What does God say about who you are and what you are? Get your value and your worth from God. And if you'll do that, you'll begin to understand uh, what it is to live a life with humility. Uh, It's truly seeing our own worth that way. I mean, when you see it as God sees it, it's just powerful. You know, Romans 12, 3 says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, that to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So he says, don't think of yourself more than what you are, but you can also have a lot of confidence in what God and who God says you are. It is having this healthy balance of confidence and self-awareness. Uh, I mean, let's look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 20. Uh, He said uh, in in verse 46 and 47, he says, Beware of the scribes which desire to walk in long robes, love greetings in the market, and the highest seats in the synagogues, and the chief rooms at the feast, which devour widows' houses, and for a show make long prayers. The same shall receive greater damnation." So again, Jesus is speaking to us and saying, look, it's not in that. It's not in your position. It's not in the power that you have, but it's in the worth that you have that comes from God and his word, right? So when you really look at God's word, you can begin to see what godly humility really is. It's really a complete trust in God's love, God's mercy, his grace to accomplish all things. Uh, In Luke Uh, Chapter 18 and verses 10 through 14, it says, Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not as these other men are, they're extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this publican. I fast you know, twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. Powerful passage if you really want to understand what it is to have humility in your life. It puts power and prestige and position in a position that's really subservient uh, to, to humility, or, or it puts us into uh, a position to where, you know, it's not about power, it's not about prestige, it's not about position, and you may have all of those, but if that's your focus, then you lose sight of what humility is. So that's not, that shouldn't be what you focus on, though you may get it. You may have power. You may have prestige. You may have position. 
Uh, Matthew 23, 1 through 12 says, Then Jesus spoke to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whatsoever they bid, you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works. For they say and do not. In other words, they say, do as I say, but not as I do, right? It goes on in verse 4, and it says, For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all of their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries. That's just an out, that was part of their outfit that they wore as a priest. They enlarge the borders of the garments. And again, they're trying to look all priestly. Uh, it goes on and it says, and they love the uppermost feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and, and the greetings in the markets and to be called men and rabbi. Uh, but be called rabbi for, or, or be not called rabbi, for one is your master. That's what the word rabbi means, is master. For one is your master, even Christ, and all you are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. So again, he goes into this and tries to get us to understand that it's not about power and position. It's about our love for the Father. It's about what God says that we are according to his word. It's, it's a complete trust, really. It, it, it really is a complete trust and obedience and an acceptance of God's word. Um, you know, a great verse uh, to to uh, to show this is in Isaiah, I think it's 66 and 2, where he says, For all those things has mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembles at my word. God's word is the final authority. Um, you know, if we go on, we can look at, uh, Philippians two six through eight, and I think I'll just let you read that. But but you know, go to that go to that uh, uh, verse, uh, Philippians two uh, six seven and eight, and check that out for yourself, and you'll get even some more uh, information from God's Word about living this life of humility. Now, let's take a look at what we can actively do to lead with humility. All right. So number one, practice active listening. Practice active listening. This means listening to other people without interrupting them, without judging them. Uh, this way we're showing respect for their opinions and their ideas and what they have to say. So practice active live, uh, uh, listening. Uh, number two, practice empathy. Practice empathy. Uh, Putting ourselves, in other words, in other people's shoes, trying to understand their perspective. And when you do that, it kind of shows compassion. It shows kindness towards other people. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about uh, in Romans 12, 15, he says, rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. Basically, you're showing empathy. That's what he's talking about there. So, you know, you, you just are going to be happy for those who are happy. Don't be a Debbie Downer. Every time somebody has something exciting to say, don't you try to bust their bubble, right? And there are people that do that. Uh, but a person that, that lives a life of humility, they celebrate with people. I love to celebrate people's, uh, ex, uh, their, um, uh, their blessings, their, the, the things that they accomplish. I love that. 
uh, you know, I happened to be in in Florida at at uh, Kelly's studio, and uh, he was sharing with me how he just got a new piece of equipment and he got it for about ten percent of the cost. Well, I get excited about that. I celebrate that because to me, I, I why wouldn't I want to celebrate when other people are blessed? Uh, I love that. Uh, so you want to practice empathy. Uh, next, you want to practice servant leadership. This is putting the needs of your employees, your customers, uh, your vendors above your own needs, right? This will cause you to value their contributions. And, you know, the question you ask yourself, are you willing to serve other people? Um you know, uh, Philippians 2, 3 says, let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let us each esteem others better than ourselves. So we're lifting them up higher than we, we think of ourselves. Uh, that's part of, of humility. Uh, number four, practice transparency. Be transparent. You don't have to play games. You don't have to play mind games with people. Just be transparent. Be who you are. You don't have to worry about that. I think that's one of the things that I learned a long, long time ago. A lot of it came from my dad, and that is just be who you are. You don't have to be somebody you're not. Just be transparent. Be who you are. Now, I'm not saying you go around, you blurt out all your personal information and your, you know, all these kinds of things. That's not what I'm saying, but just be who you are. Don't try to be something you're not. You're not. Uh, Number five, practice accountability. Be accountable. If you make a mistake, own it. There's nothing wrong with that. If you make a mistake and own it, you don't want to make the same mistake over and over again. I tell employees that all the time. But if you make a mistake, own it. Don't start pointing your finger at other people. Uh, as as a leader in our company, uh, one of the things that kind of bothers me, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll say it bothers me, but it really kind of upsets me uh, with employees, is when they start pointing the finger, when I know good and well it was their fault or they made the mistake, I'm not attacking them because they made a mistake. But as soon as you bring that to light, they want to start pointing the fingers. And it's like, just accept the fact that you made a mistake. Just be accountable. Just be accountable. You know, we need to be accountable. As leaders, we need to be accountable for the decisions that we make. And when we make bad ones, listen, everybody knows that you made a bad decision. You might as well own it. So so be transparent uh, and be and practice accountability, and then practice accepting responsibility, right? That kind of goes with this accountability thing, but you have to accept the responsibility on the front end as well. Don't throw it off. You're the leader. Maybe you're the business owner. You have to take the responsibility. Uh, number seven, uh, practice respect. You know, I, 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 I bet you this, let me say this. When we talk about respect and responsibility, transparency, we're talking about being uh, humble, living a, a life of humility. Uh, one of the richest people in the world is Warren Buffett. But a lot of people don't know this, but Warren Buffett still lives in the same home in Omaha that he purchased in 1958 for $31,000. It's a modest five-bedroom, two-bath home. This is one of the richest people in the world, Warren Buffett. And so, anyway, he, he, you know, he lives this life of humility. You'd never know. Uh, so number eight kind of falls into that as well. Practice self-awareness. Be self-aware of who you are, what you're thinking, what your motives are. You know, do a check, but be self-aware. I mean, that ought to be another podcast, just being self-aware in and of itself. But practice being self-aware. Number nine, Practice being a lifelong learner. Don't ever think that you've learned it all and you're done learning. I used to always say, if you're done learning, you're done. You might as well just pull the dirt up over you 
you're done. You, you should always be willing to learn more. That's why I read all the time. I read all kinds of books. I try to read a book a month. Um, I'm just saying you want to try to be a lifelong learner and uh, and understand that you don't have all the answers. No, no, no worries with that. Uh, number 10, uh, practice gratitude. Practice living a life of gratitude. Ralph Waldo Emerson said one time, he said, cultivate the, ha- the habit of being grateful for every good thing that comes to you and to give thanks continually. And because all things have contributed to your advancement, you should include all things in your gratitude. And I'll go one step further, and that's people as well. So, you know, if I have success, it's not because of me alone, but it's because of a lot of other people who's been in my life and who are in my life. So as you begin to practice these principles, uh, you're going to begin to create a culture of humility in your company or your organization. Now know this, I believe in you. If you're listening to this podcast, I believe in you, and I believe... Uh, the power that comes along for you for living this life of humility, personally and professionally. It'll help you gain true success. Stephen Covey said this. He said, every human being has four endowments, self-awareness, conscience, independent will, and creative imagination. These give us freedom, the power to choose, the power to respond, the power to change. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Lord, I thank you this day for those who have listened to today's podcast. Lord, I pray for them. I pray that they have absorbed these principles and that they will begin to put them into practice. I pray for their business. I pray for their organization or their departments. And Lord, I expect each of them to go to a new level of success because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I hope this podcast has enlightened you, encouraged you, and empowered you today. Please be sure to send me an email. Tell us about some of your successes. And remember, Jesus is Lord, and he wants you blessed. Thank you for tuning into this week's Christian Business Concepts podcast. Go to ChristianBusinessConcepts.com for more information and resources. Be sure to check out other podcasts that will help you take your business and your personal life to a whole new level of success.